Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Really 007 podcast for yet another look into the extensive James Bond songbook, the back catalogue of Bond songs. And yes, there are still plenty left, trust us. You might not have heard of one of them uh, we're going to do later, but it's still a Bond (laughs) song, technically. So you can download all our episodes on iTunes and Spotify, as well as the video interviews and specials on our own YouTube channel. Just look up Really 007 and uh, you should be able to find us fairly easily. And please do subscribe. Do rate and recommend us. Five star, hopefully. And any positive reviews will be treasured. We have a, a reputation for rewarding loyalty. <laughs> We're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And again, give us a follow and join in on the inane chat. Special shout out tonight to Chris Eels, also known as Big Red Trousers on social media. <laughs> Thank you for Chris. Uh, you've been a great support to us, so appreciate that, mate. Uh, and yet again, we, we must say a special hello to one of our, well, all-time favourite listeners, big fans, Lorenzo Granger. Now, if you don't know Lorenzo, give him a follow. He is on Instagram and Facebook, and he's known as The Substitute Agent. Really good name, I think. Mm. Really good name. Yeah, he's a, a very positive Bond fan, and especially of the uh, the Brosnan era. So, yeah, he's a big, big fan of Brosnan. But unfortunately for him, we won't be discussing Brosnan tonight, other than hopefully it coming up in conversation. You know, it, it might do, you never know. But yes, anyway, tonight I am joined by my regular contributors, John Kell. Hello. Matthew Pickup. Hello. Christopher Goldie. Hello. And tonight we have a special guest, better known as one half of the Paul and Griff show. We have Paul Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i'll do the joke are you paul or are you griff in the title of the of the show i'm i'm, I'm griff spoiler alert <laughs> yes yeah. yeah great to have you on the show griff and thank you very much for your really superb support of our podcast on social media thanks for listening in and uh 
helping us build an audience. We just mentioned there you do the Paul and Griff show. Could you just tell us a bit about the podcast that you guys do? Yeah, basically uh, me and my mate Paul. Yeah, we're both called Paul. So it's just easy to separate it to like Paul and Griff. Um, <laughs> life, lifelong friends. I think when the pandemic all started, we were just chatting about films, playing PlayStation. We thought we'd just um, record us chatting about films <laughs> and, yeah. and put on a podcast. We, we just do everything from um, randomly like Disney, Disney Channel musicals to um, Seven. Anything really. We just, just love chatting about films and try and mix things up every now and then with different topics and different seasons and all-round movie lovers, really. You did a, a, a mini... You started a series on the Bond films, but it was so funny. It was like a 10 minutes, if that, wasn't it? Sort of like <laughs> spelling out the plot of Doctor No and then From Russia With Love. But it was the driest sense of humour I've ever heard. It was superb. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So Like a love project, really. Um, Goldfinger will come out at some point. Yeah. I think added pressure that it's got to get right. But yeah, it was kind of from the perspective of Bond and he has to describe the film from his point of view in seven minutes or less, hence Operation 007 Minutes. Yeah. Just like came up with just a bit of fun and um, yeah. It's really, really funny because it's like, <laughs> but a fly on the wall take as if Bond is going through the motions and almost like he's writing a postcard back to Moneypenny. That's how it's sort of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really good. So yeah, um, guys, do do uh, listeners, please uh, subscribe to uh, the Paul Griff show. It's superb, really good listen, and uh, good set of lads with some really interesting debates on there as well, and chats about uh, lots of different types of films, not just Bond. Griff, <laughs> in terms of G- you and James Bond, growing up, did you first see them as a child? I assume. Yeah, like I used to go around my granddad's house, and I think my love of films came from going to his house and he had loads of videos. Like some of the films we shouldn't have seen as probably kids. Most of the time we're watching Die Hard or like Rambo, and um, good lad. And, and most of the time it was it was Bond as well. Mainly, um, we Goldfinger, Live and Let Die, and Man with the Golden Gun were like yes. the three that kind of always went in. And I just loved it. I think through the gadgets. I think as a kid you just take the bond of gadgets, and as you get older, you just appreciate the films more and more. I remember buying them all on video. I know like, you guys are massive License to Kill fans. I think that's probably one of the last films I got to see because you weren't allowed to watch that as a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, to actually watch that, I was like, oh, I'm old enough to watch License to Kill. I do blame Bond for my fear of sharks because um, <laughs> I never watched I never watched Jaws as a kid, but I'm absolutely oh, right. petrified of sharks and <laughs> it's all because of Bond and probably Spy Who Loved Me, Live and Let Die. Um, License to Kill didn't help. Thunderbolt, which we're going to talk about. But yeah, petrified of them, all because of Bond and not Jaws. <laughs> That's so good. So we, yeah, did you watch them on TV as well and sort of get them recorded? Yeah, I did the recording and all that. It's not a bank holiday without a Bond film. Sometimes I look and I see there's nothing on, on ITV on a bank holiday Monday and I feel this is wrong. Like bank holiday Monday or Boxing Day, a Bond film should go on. Had a, Yeah, record them all through the adverts and the editing. I'm hoping with... Obviously, Amazon buying MGM, they go to a streaming service for like a new audience because I think it's it's dying for like new people to get into Bond. Yeah, yeah. Unless you go to the cinema, not a lot of people actually watch like ITV ITV Four, which tends to be on at the moment. So I'm hoping it's actually going to be on Prime for people to start watching and grabbing new audiences. But yeah, I had them all on on cassette at the end and then upgrade to DVD and upgrade to Blu-ray and yeah. Oh, I'll ask one day I may upgrade to 4K. I need a 4K TV first. 
Are they out yet on 4K? I don't, should know this, shouldn't I? I think, sure I think only the individual. I think, I think possibly Spectre when it came out. Mm. Um, I don't think you can get the box set 4K yet, but I'm sure there's probably plans for them. Yeah, and it'll be 60 years anniversary, won't it, in 2022? So I'm sure there'll be loads of tie-ins with that. But yeah, superb, Griff, yeah. When you were growing up, you, you mentioned those films. So apart from Goldfinger, they're all sort of Roger Moore, easier sort of watch films. Was it... Who was your favourite Bond growing up? Oh, Connery. Oh, good. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, great stuff. Got great, great Connery. Um, it sounds even though nobody does it better, it should have been for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, and um, I just think he he was Bond, but I know obviously you do take to like the original Bond, and he just had right charisma about him. And Roger Moore's probably like close second, mainly for how many films he did and growing up and the nostalgia mm. purposes of it. But yeah. Sean Connery, um, for me is um. Is, is Bond and I think Thunderpool is was his elements his charisma and um, yeah just just massive fan of Connery I'm a massive fan of all of them really even though yeah. I think some of your latest episodes have made me um, question Daniel Craig more than yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've been listening good lad I, 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 I do listen and I, I did really like I did really like Casino Royale and you've given me um, a lot to think about like do I actually oh, enjoy no. Casino Royale as a film or do I enjoy it as a Bond film which I think I'm actually having a quite of a, a crisis thinking about. Oh, no. That wasn't our intention, Griff. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it I wasn't, think... but it's a good argument. It's a good argument to see, like, is, is it a good film mm-hmm. or is it a Bond film? I think we best just put a disclaimer in that, just for the sake of our listeners, our mission <laughs> is not to brainwash people against <laughs> No. No. <laughs> and, you know, more proof, we, we, we have Craig fans on the show, so... <laughs> no it is it's, it's it's very odd isn't it because because we were a bit older when that came out and you've already got those preconceived ideas of what you want in a bomb film it, it can't quite be the same as when you say yeah why don't you watch living like die for the first time just on your tv as kids it's it's totally different which so was was brosnan was he the bond when you were growing up then was he the bond yeah, in the cinema? The first, yeah first bond cinema even though I loved Goldeneye, I don't think I saw it at the cinema. I think, I think The World Is Not Enough was probably the first yes. film, film I saw at the cinema. Oh, my John, yeah. <laughs> and I, yes. I, I, I think that's Brosnan's best movie. Oh, um, right. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting better, this good. I, 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 I definitely think it's the, an argument for the best opening scene, opening segment. And I always remember, obviously, you guys all like my age, the, the little Easter egg, um, there used to be a traffic warden TV show yeah, yeah. <laughs> on TV and when obviously the boat soaks the traffic warden like he got us a little cameo in the movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've, I just love the fact that we had the whole Millennium Dome and it kind of all kind of captured all that in the opening and yeah that was my first um, cinema experience and then unfortunately Die Another Day didn't kind of well, well, well. high <laughs> <laughs> no, no please please carry on about Die Another Day I'm <laughs> it was okay. It's just yeah, a bit insane. Yeah. I think it was just. I don't think it's aged very well, even though it's only been what 10, 15 years. Twenty. <laughs> We're getting on, aren't we? We're getting old. <laughs> We're getting old. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. World is not enough. Is probably the first cin- cinema yeah. trip. You're from London, though, aren't you, Griff? So it must have been quite good to see a lot of London in in the world is not enough, and then in Skyfall. Yeah, yeah. It's just great to see the scenes, and looking forward to hopefully seeing the new one which I'll probably see in London as well. But I had to go to the IMAX in London, which is pretty cool. And I always remember, I think for Skyfall, 
the BFI IMAX, just a massive bond round the um that was yeah. You've not seen the film, that's just oh, a call oh, to like brilliant. like a photo with that in the background. Yeah. Amazing. It does make it does make it such an event, doesn't it? You yeah. Know? Uh, just, I, I love it, and you know, really hope that it can happen for for no time to die. And we, we as a as a podcast team can uh, <laughs> see it together. Yeah, well, it will. It Absolutely. will be on. Just going to see it together will be really, oh, it'll be great fun. But even just going to the cinema, you know, it's not yeah. been done for an awful lot, has it? Recently, so that'll be something. Mm. You know, you said before, like it would be great if they were all on Netflix available. It's still good to have. The new ones at the cinema, def- I would have thought you'd mm. think that. Yeah. I, I don't agree with all the um, buying to watch it at home. Like, Disney are kind of going towards that angle. A Bond film needs to be seen on the big screen. Absolutely. For the first time anyway. So Yeah, yeah. Did you say your favourite Bond film is Goldfinger? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Goldfinger. <laughs> I, just, I just can't fault it. I think when the sad news of um, Sean Connery passing, that night, Goldfinger had to go on. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's just only fitting. Uh, that just, and I think that's where, obviously, going for the budgets and all that, Bond really took off. I know from Russia with Love and Dot to Know were successes, but Goldfinger was massive and it actually probably paid for Fundable with how much money it yeah. made. But yeah, Goldfinger. And for me, um, 40th birthday next year, rented out a cinema in London to kind of show Goldfinger to some family and friends. And, oh, um, wow. Oh, what an wow. Idea. Black tie event. They can't, people can't turn up in fancy dresses. So, uh, oh. yeah, that's a 40th <laughs> that's birthday so thing. So that'd be cool. That is awesome. Come on down, I'll get you on the invite list. Oh, well, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, Griff, but I thought it was a bit cheap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah, definitely, yeah. I know a oh. few of them have been shown, haven't they? The, uh, is it the Prince Charles in London? I know quite a few <laughs> of the Bond Twitter community have been going to those. Before the first pandemic, Odium was... Um, when No Time to Die was coming out, to actually vote on what film you wanted to see on the big screen. And then COVID hit, and it kind of put it all to bed. So Odin was going to show um, whatever you voted for the most on the big screen as a lead-up to No Time to Die. But yeah, COVID ruins everything. Because oh, <laughs> it's a bit far for us to go there, unfortunately. That's people people you, voting for Pierce Brosnan films, but I'm just like, oh. Even <laughs> though like they're good, like an excuse to see yeah. Underball, any, mm-hmm. any of the Roger yeah. Moores yeah, or any, any yeah. of that on the big screen that in our lifetime like obviously too too young to watch like license mm. to kill on the big screen or yeah. and any of that backwards just yeah absolutely yeah so would you say that if you could watch any bond film on the big screen it would be goldfinger yeah, goldfinger would would be the experience with second would probably i, I do i did watch the living let die ahead of a lot as a kid mm-hmm. so oh, let die would cool. probably yeah. a lot of fun to watch um on the big screen. If wow. only for JW Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you a fan of the man? Yeah, I, I know, like, he probably hasn't aged well for new audiences. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, um, when you grew up, it just, it, 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 you just take it as it is. Obviously, yeah, now yeah. looking back, like, how they get away with that? But the world was a yeah. different time back then. The world was a different time, and um, I, I think he's, he's quite funny. He's quite a character. And he makes it, like, whether he's... He's probably worse in Man with the Golden Gun, literally. Um, <laughs> but um, it was nice to see a returning character. I don't know if it's like mm. one of the first time, uh, if it's not Felix Light, a returning yeah. recurring character. Yeah. Um, you've got, you've got Sylvia Trench. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The first proper big character. <laughs> <laughs> Major character. The first true yeah. ally. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not an ally in Live and Let Die. Well, yeah. saying that, but anyway. But the sheriff wanted he wanted to appear on the front cover of our yeah. Best Allies episode, so he, he was doctored in. But uh, over like, Mathis's head, that's nothing to do with us. That's not that we did not decide that. That was that was J.D.W. Pepper himself who did that. Anyway, uh, shout out to J.D.W. Pepper. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll be seeing you soon, mate. Yeah. So you're listening to the Really 007 podcast. My name is Lee Sheward, and I'm a film and television stuntman, second unit director and stunt coordinator. We will go on to the reason we're here for our sixth volume of James Bond's songs. And tonight we're focusing on the songs of Thunderball because it was the first Bond film to have more than one original song in terms, you know, written by the composer. I know Dr. No had a lot of the island music on it, but songs specifically written for the film. So we had Thunderball, of course, the title track, and we had Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is almost like a forgotten belter, I'd, I'd, I'd refer to it as. It's known, you can hum along to it, people will probably instantly recognise it, but the actual song is a bit less well-known. But hopefully, after we've been discussing it tonight, we'll get a bit more a bit more famous, maybe, who knows? But yes, Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's easy to forget that this was, it's only John Barry's third Bond score. It's one of his classic scores, I'd say, but... It's only his third, because, of course, like we said, Dr. No, he came in to arrange uh, the theme, but it was Monty Norman's score itself. By now, he's just he's taking it all in his stride. He's completely in command of the music. He knows exactly what's needed. He's tailoring the themes to the plot, to characters. It's the first time that, as I say, he wrote two separate songs for the same film. Now, the original title song was to be this. It was to be Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And you know, does anyone know where, the, where that phrase comes from? Oh, Gr- oh, Griff's got his hand up. There we go. go was, was, was it nicknamed Italian Media? Nicknamed yes, Bond? apparently so, yeah. That's a point. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Sadly, we don't do the quizzes. For, right. For We're not doing but, a yeah. quiz tonight, Griff. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true, that. That is true. I think in 1962, some uh, Italian journalist, yeah. It's a really good... I don't know whether it was mm. in Italian, but it works brilliantly, doesn't it? Mm. I love that phrase. The lyricist was uh, Leslie Brickus who had done the lyrics for Goldfinger, and then he went on to do You Only Live Twice. And I'm, I'm sure you I'm sure you know that he, he also did the, the words for the musicals Doctor Doolittle. Not the not Rob's favourite, not the... <laughs> with Robert, Robert Downey Jr. being <laughs> completely impressive <laughs> with a, a weird Welsh accent. Not that one. Um, not, not the Eddie Murphy one either, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was it Rex Harrison, wasn't it? The, the original, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it was a musical. Talk to me about if I could talk to the animals and all this. Have you seen the video of Roger Moore doing that? So uh, there is a... What? On a TV show in, let's say, mid-80s, Roger Moore on a kids' TV show does the Doctor do little if I could talk to the animals with, like, puppet animals. <laughs> similar to, say, Sesame Street. Things go around. I'll send you a link out after you can put it on Twitter. That is a genuine <laughs> fact. There's so many links with everything, isn't there, with Bond? It's crazy. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, Sesame Street. Is it still going? I don't even know, don't actually. Know. It's so crisp with all these amazing people just in on the fun. But yeah, oh, that's uh, we will we will definitely promote yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yes, Leslie Brickers <laughs> also did the lyrics for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Again, not the, oh. the Johnny Depp one, the Gene Wilder one, with, yeah, pure imagination and Umpa Lumpa and other terrifying songs like that. Terrifying film. <laughs> but yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, the, another Bond connection. <laughs> he did the lyrics for the musical version of Scrooge with Albert Finney. Oh. Yeah. 
That, that's that's crap. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrifying um, film. Blimey, it is. Yeah, yeah. Again, as kids, these are the films that when you watch horror, like, no, it's not that bad actually. <laughs> yeah, when he's that final scene when he's, you know, he's it's almost like he's in hell, isn't it? With the, uh, you know, in the in the Grim Reaper, and oh dear, the ghost of Christmas future, dear dear. So yes, John Leslie Brickens also did the lyrics to <laughs> an absolutely breathtaking family film, 1991. It was yeah, you lent me the soundtrack, I remember, and it's I've, I've been playing it ever since. And I didn't realise, oh. well, I saw it recently, that there were a couple of songs on it. But you, can you remember what it was? It was... Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so this, the, the album will be Hook, yes. which is one of the greatest albums of all time, soundtracks. Did Leslie, did he write uh, When You're Alone? Yes. <laughs> the stars are all my friends. Oh, what a tune! Honestly, is. listen to that, people. It's just yeah. they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> 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 this should have been. Uh, I mean, I know we're supposed to talk about Mr. Kiss's Bam Bam, but we can talk about Hook for instead oh, if you want. Can we? Oh. <laughs> oh, you got wow. Oscar nominated as well. That song, but again, you'll never hear. You'll, you'll never hear it played. Or absolutely oh. beautiful. What a song. Did he... I can't... I think he might have done the lyrics to the Home Alone as well. The You know, somewhere in my memory, actually. I'm pretty sure he did. Oh. Which is another absolute classic. So, yeah. Anyway, yes, he did the lyrics to Miss Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's why. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Babyishly, the song was originally recorded by Shirley Bassey. Yeah, it was realised late in the day that the track apparently was too short for the, the titles... You know the, the title sequence. I mean, this this wouldn't happen nowadays. This kind of problem, would it? But Bastille though was unavailable at the last minute to change it, so they got uh, Dion Warwick to to record it, and it had a more of a longer instrumental introduction so that it would fit the length of the titles. They didn't. They also didn't want the the lyrics to be heard until after the title Thunderball had appeared in Morris Binder's design. So the only time we heard that as children again was the can you remember that James Bond 30th anniversary CD I don't know whether if anyone had that apparently that's the first time it actually was officially released on that CD yeah the the, that, the Dion the Dion Warwick version is that is that the one that you you played when you got your Sega Saturn and you played I did yeah you played it you know you just played that repeat. I mean we did play yeah, some games that. as well Daytona and, and uh, yeah Hands of Dragon um, yeah. but um, yeah, you played that that album, and I, yeah, I think that was like the first time I'd, you know, properly heard it. And you know, yeah, it's like what, what what's this from? Um, it's incredible. It is incredible. And uh, yeah, I think it was. We didn't have a CD player other than that, so we used we used the Saturn yeah. as a CD player. <sighs> yeah, great, great time. Uh, yeah. And it was in the same order. You know, it was it wasn't in order of release at that point. It was almost like most famous. 
So it, st- it probably started with golfing, I think. And then it might mm-hmm. have been live yeah. or die, and then nobody does it better. And yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah, so... Yeah, so there's a bit of a bit of a weird background song. Yeah, so it was the 1990s when it was first included on that CD. But in terms of this song, Cubby Broccoli and Harry Saltz were worried that if there was the theme song to a James Bond film didn't have the title in its lyrics, then it might not be able to sell the film as well. So they thought, quick, oh, hang on, right, come on, right, uh, can you write one with the word Thunderball in it? And that was done fairly last minute. We'll, we'll come on to that song later. When Saltzman left uh, Spy Love Me, Cubby obviously had changed his mind by then, hadn't he? Because they didn't. <laughs> Nobody does it better for the Spy Love Me. All time high for Octopussy. And then now, you know, we've had we've had quite a few, haven't we? You know my name, obviously, for Casino Royale and Writings on the Wall for Spectre. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not seen as absolutely crucial these days. But yes, the, the, the Warwick version was meant to be used at the end titles. And then Shirley Bassey got wind of this and she actually sued the producers. Uh, because she was like, well, hang on, I was meant to do that. That was meant to be my song for the film. I don't really want somebody else singing it just because I wasn't available on that day. So that meant that neither version ended up in the film. So that's why you don't get the actual song in the film. You get the instrumental. But yeah, it's quite, a, I don't know, it's it's annoying, these these quotes. But Chris, where would you, would you have had it as the title song or would you have had it at the end credits maybe or something like that? Yeah, I can sort of see, you know, the the reason... The rationale behind them kind of wanting to have the theme song be have actually have the title of the film is I completely understand that. But what are, what what just goes to show the quality and and the talent involved that you can write Mister Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and go eh, it's not going to fit. Come on, <laughs> crack out another one, which is Thunderboy. Like God, yeah. grief, it's like another yeah. one that's just amazing. It's just that pool of talent, you know. And Barry just you know, being the best, you know, at the time, it just is, is remarkable. I think it's, I, personally, I think it's a brilliant song. I absolutely love it. I love that you get it. And for me, Thunderball is, the score is where Barry, you know, I love I love Goldfinger and and, and, and particularly the score and stuff. And, you know, the little, um, what's that, that little sort of, the dun, dun, dun. The, the the sneaker pinks yeah, yeah. pimps yeah, yeah, yeah. sample so for me that you know gold finger score is, is brilliant you know the intro to, to miami oh, it's just amazing oh, yeah. it's like what 30 seconds long it's like this is amazing uh but for me thunderball is like prime this is where barry is getting it this is where yeah. barry is yeah. you know writing your you know kind of including all these motifs you know and the use of music from tension to you know, this really lush sort of jazz lounge version, like, you know, Cafe, um, which one is it? Cafe? Mm. Um, Martinique. Martinique, yeah. Cafe Martinique, and yeah. It's just, just goes to show what a superb composer and arranger he was. Yeah. That he, again, this, this is mm. the start of that weaving themes through. But to have, but for, I, I, I think, to be honest with you, I think Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is probably... I think it's actually catchier than Thunderball, but I, I understand why it wasn't included. It's a it's a fantastic title. It's a great song, um, but I totally get why they went with Thunderball because and mm. and to have Tom Jones, you know, belting <clears throat> that out, you know, is just oh. I say it's just to, to to have to go from to, to to say we're not happy with that. It's not working. To then write something that is just as amazing, I think it's just fantastic. 
Griffith, you did you know the song fairly well or didn't really, but when you when you hear it, you feel like you've heard it before, obviously because the, the little background music's in Thunderball. Yeah. And I think that helps it like be a little bit pick up. I think it has been on one of the CDs. I don't think I had the thirtieth anniversary, but I think it's one of those things where I've heard it and I've mm. usually would skip it like halfway through, like, oh I don't know that song. Was that randomly in there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when you listen to the lyrics and all that, it's pretty, pretty clever. I like it's very catchy. And I say, probably as catchy as Thunderball as a song, not as powerful, but it's it's still. They say it feels like you've heard it before, probably because the background music is in Thunderball. And it's about James Bond, isn't it? Yeah. You know, before before um, nobody does it better. I know everyone was. It was about time to write a song about him, but it had been done and. That's why I always see it as this is Sean Connery's song. This is the song for him, about him. Matthew, big fan of this song, hopefully. <laughs> nah. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's absolutely, it's brilliant. Yeah, so like I say, that 30th anniversary, I don't, you know, I haven't been aware of it before, but yeah, just amazing. You know, I, I, the fact that you can have a, a second song or you can write two songs for the same film that are this good, that, you know, it's not, not musical here. This is this is an, yeah. you know, a, a spy action adventure. Um, yeah, yeah. I just think it's incredible, and it makes me long for those days where there's a long-standing relationship between, you know, the the Bond producers and the composer, and and so, you know, I think they had that almost to an extent with David Arnold, but not quite to this to this extent with with John Barry, no. you know, writing more than one song you know, with brilliant melodies that can be woven into the score. It's, it's, it's just brilliant. And yeah, I, I really like this, you know, I like it performed as a song as well by Dion Warwick. I think, I think oh, yeah. it really works. I really like that. I really like the fact that the two, the two songs have, you know, one a female voice, one a male voice that, that, that helps mm-hmm. to, you know, I don't know, just give that variety. Um, and the way that it's, yeah, like I say, the, the way that the, the melody of Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is, is in the yeah. score is is absolutely beautiful and you know as chris says the the score is absolutely wonderful Mm. to this film and just makes it such an incredible i don't know i think it really adds adds to it yeah Mm. quite similar lyrically aren't they that it's not quite similar you're talking about the character and and yeah very much like yeah they are yeah what the you know being these kind of tall dark strangers and you know yeah i think i think that one of the reasons why it does that is because we're just hitting bomb mania so mm. we've we've had Goldfinger, which was uh, you know obviously about the villain, and that's taken off, and it's it's clever to then go and well, no we'll write we'll write the main song about James Bond because it's James Bond that everybody's obsessed with, and uh, it works brilliantly. The Dion Warwick version is, for me personally, infinitely better than the Shirley yeah. Bassey one. I I think the Dion Warwick one is absolutely sensational i think i think the arrangement po- i think the, the arrangement yeah. and i think they possibly it's possibly a couple of keys higher because her voice cuts through far better than shirley bass's does on it i i i adore that and if that was at the end of the song oh my word at the end of the film sorry mm. that would be sensational wouldn't it be a it'd be nearly as good as a license to kill and if you asked me to wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. if it was a man yeah. but that, um. that that long intro to mr kiss kiss bang bang yeah absolutely yeah. beautiful 
Yeah, I'd I'd love I'd love for that to sort of return. I, I just yeah, it's just wonderful. Yeah, there's not that, and that's why I, I think there's that particularly during that period with 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 Connery and with 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 Barry's score, and you see that in Magic Secret Service, and to a certain extent in um, Diamonds Are Forever, is that that lush jazz sound. Yeah, where you go from yeah. the, it's the action. And he's able to do the action song and then turn it into, and that's obviously his background, wasn't it? Obviously, he's a jazz composer. Uh, was was to be able to do that. And you just don't get that anymore. You don't, and that's one one thing. And I'm not working with kind of words of of uh, sort of you know complaining about you know Daniel Craig or anything. But the one thing that I do <laughs> to do with him, you know, <laughs> one thing I do not composing modern Bond films is that is that that ability where, where it elevates it to something classy and elegant and, and I think that when people think of Connery you think of elegance you think of him you know the mm. way he moves and just the way he's able to sort of and the sets and everything there's, there's, mm. there's that it counteracts with the brutality of him you know you know obviously being able to fight and you know and, and kill people and all the action kind of stuff but there's that sort of the, the, the that two sides for me of Bond I think John Barry was just the perfect composer he's able mm. to capture drama yeah. and action and then that yeah as soon as he walks into a casino or walks you know oh. on onto the beach that score comes up and it's just like oh, oh it's just heaven yeah i i agree I, I i'm one of the people on here who's previously controversially said that i'm not massively into having the bond theme blasting out all the time in a score yeah i'm, I'm happy for it a couple of times but one of the reasons why that is is because barry is the master of creating such a memorable score without excessively using the Bond theme. And and Thunderball, for me, throughout the Connery era, is it's the best soundtrack. And why I feel that is because you've got the bits, the actual Thunderball score, you've got the Miss the Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, and you've got, you've got the sound of water. You know, you've and you know when that's going on, you just know, oh, I'm watching Thunderbolt and I've got an underwater scene. Yeah. That is the sound of water. <laughs> and whilst, whilst, yeah, whilst Goldfinger, whilst Russia with Love, whilst you're on the track, brilliant pieces of music. Mm. I think this one puts images of Thunderbolt in your head yeah. when you hear that, that yeah. bit of music. Absolutely. And that is, that is genius. That is absolute genius to do that. There's very few composers who do that for me. Mm. There's Barry, there's John Williams, he does it just as well. In fact, they're the only two. I know a lot of people love Zimmer, and I love Zimmer. And whilst Dark Knight stuff, uh, absolutely, I hear a piece of music and go, oh, that's that scene. A lot of it, I, I listen to pieces of music and go, oh, that's amazing. But it doesn't give me an image like Barry or John Williams did, which was just unbelievable. Mm. And then to, to you, like, what's the what's death of Fiona, which is the, that the bongo, yeah. which just slowly builds up, builds yeah. up, builds up, and it, it goes back into the jazz kind of. Oh no! He's, he's, I think, I think this is, is this the best uh, relationship between a composer and the actual subject? I think, I, I can't think of another composer. I, I was trying to think. Able to add. Yeah, well, I was trying to think of relationship between composers and film series because, like I say, you know, just Barry at this stage, you know, it's just it's he's so key to the to the whole thing. Mm. I was thinking John Williams and Star Wars, 
but maybe mm-hmm. you know obviously yeah, yeah. they weren't necessarily songs i know you might say there are a couple of songs in the uh yeah so I, I think that and you know William, <laughs> williams and Raiders of the lost ark but i i um i don't think it, it happens as much anymore that's why i was really pleased that you know hans zimmer i know james newton howard was in the first two but hans zimmer was there for the whole dark knight trilogy like for the marvel films they they don't always you know i know there's there's 20 odd, however many, but even within the same character, they aren't always able or they don't choose to bring the yeah. same one back. So I just think it's brilliant to have that, that relationship, you know, and John Williams did the, did he do the first couple of Harry Potters and then, you know, yeah. it changed and everything. But this, this is just so his music is just part and parcel of everything that, that made Bond wonderful. And people yeah. have just tried to copy, haven't they? It was not a copy, mm. but, it's a blueprint. I know David yeah. Arnold will admit that, won't he? You know, it's, it's it's the blueprint that he wants to, partly because the audience demands it. Though, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's no it's no coincidence that David Arnold is the second most popular Bond composer because he he basically is inspired by Barry because Barry is the sound of Bond. Mm. Um, that's that's the way it is, and. and and I don't want to get into a ragging session, but that's why the Thomas Newman's things don't work because they're not the sound of Bond. They're, they're trying to create beats and they're trying to fit the film, which I understand in a sense, but the film should actually fit the theme. The film, This is a Bond yeah. film, so therefore you should be creating scores that are Bondian. Yeah. That's, that's my personal mm-hmm. opinion anyway. Well, the intro to... The, the instrumental of the Dion Warwick version of Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it merges into the Bond theme. It's just like... Yeah. I can't believe how good... I, I just... I think you've got to say, it's not fair. No one is ever going to be able to be this good. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. no, to give, no, no. To give everyone a chance and not put so much pressure I, on. I, I agree, yeah. but... but um, but I would, you know, I've, I've, it's just such a broken record. But I would, I would like that the production and everything is bigger, and that uh, you know, and the whole thing, the Bond vehicle is bigger than the um, the director and the yeah. you know those the mm. individual elements. So, you Absolutely. know, say you get Sam Mendes on board, you say yeah, but we you keep David Arnold, and David will be um, he'll be co-writing the theme song with yeah, the yeah. person, you know. Um, that's non-negotiable. Um, sorry, I'm really sounding like Alan Partridge in this time. But, um, <laughs> it's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, Not a deal breaker. But, but I, I, you know, <laughs> you can't imagine of back then. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Terence Young, Louis Gilbert comes in. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, uh, so, sorry, Albert um, and Harry. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm having Morris Jar or so. You know, no, mm. no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. John Barry's as almost as much a crucial piece of the jigsaw as as anyone else. It was definitely him, wasn't it? So every time the directors changed, he he would be there, wouldn't he? And even like yeah, with John Glenn, he started off few eyes only. John Barry wasn't available, so how Bill Conti? But well, obviously, if John's free, the next one, of course, it's yeah. him. And it was until License to Kill, and yeah, and even well, to be fair, even with Gold, to be fair, as long as he was alive and w- wanting to do them. He was always first choice until I think Gold, Goldeneye wasn't available. And then he just sort of said he gave his blessing, didn't he, to David Arnold for Tomorrow yeah. Never Dies. But it's it, no, it, 
there is no equivalent. There's no point sort of trying to. It's do do you no. try something new or do you just try and ape barriers much? That's the question. I, I think would, it's quite a difficult balance. Yeah, I would. I would. I would be tempted to lean into just trying to copy. You know, like yeah. Michael. <laughs> um, oh, what's the composer? I did. Yeah, he did. Uh, no, <laughs> he did. Um, oh. Lost, uh, yeah. Invinci- yeah. Uh, Invincibles. Incredibles. Incredibles. Yeah, Michael yeah. Giacchino. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the closest, obviously, he wanted John Barry, didn't he? Yeah, originally? yeah. But that's the closest I've heard yeah. that Barry, like you say, as a copy. Uh, I would rather have just someone do that and just like, let's just admit it that he is as important to a Bond film as the gun barrel is. I know that's not the case recently, but you know what I mean? <laughs> there, there are certain elements that make a Bond film. So therefore, a John Barry, John Barry ass. I, I can't speak really. Sorry. <laughs> so like, John, John, Barry. John Barry ass. <laughs> is this, the, is this the new tribute band? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, How's your ass? <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't even remember. What <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> Griffey. You know, growing up when you were watching the films, were you like aware of? the music and John Barry being involved at all? No, I don't think I appreciate it as a kid. I think just just watching it and um, as you get older, you start taking all that kind of stuff in and all the, the sets and... Yeah. I just think as, as a kid, you just, just want to see the gadgets and the stunts and <laughs> him, pull oh. the women, him pull the women and then... <laughs> <laughs> and that is. It just, <laughs> Good, just, yeah. just want to be Bond. Um, but yeah, as you get yes. older, you start taking all that in. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you like in a you know is he a neg- non uh, I can't speak now is it a non-negotiable to have like that kind of music and and those kind of gadgets and the certain I don't know the, the uber villain and all that is that what you'd like in a Bond film sort of as a given I think so I I, I get because of I think Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The, um, the Dark Knight of Batman Begins... They tried to do this whole origin things and tried to change. It was a no-win situation. Do you stick and then you say like, oh, you're just trying to copy the same formula or do you change? You're never going to please everyone. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I feel like that, that that is a Bond film. And I obviously listened to you guys before. I completely agree. We don't need the Bond films to actually like be a universe, a storyline, one after the other. And especially like 
oh, you know what? This actually explains the last three movies. And yeah, I, I'm not really a fan of that. Yeah, I think with that, you know, if you're going to do it, then make sure you're doing it from the start. Don't try and, you know, mm-hmm. retcon oh, yeah, it. You a, know, and, definitely and, a last minute, like, oh, let's, yeah. let's just try and be clever and say, yeah. actually, I'm the mastermind behind all these three. And um, we won't even yeah. get into the whole, um, I'm your brother. No, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, well, well, yeah. <laughs> like, well, Goldman, it's it's go, yeah. Goldmember took the mickey out of it in a movie. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. they're like, you know what? We'll copy that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Person Wade. No. Joking about a person Wade and and Mickey takes of Bond movies. I actually watched Johnny English for the first time in in years the other day. And I absolutely loved the score of that. Yeah. I mean it 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 was a deliberate mockery of Bond. It's a complete it's a complete motif of it. But it's the most Bondian score I've heard. since Casino Royale that's the thing you know <laughs> I thought you were going to say since Life to Kill sorry no no no, no. yeah and it just it's just to highlight what Chris is saying about the same thing with Michael Giacchino especially with the cast too I mean it's just when he's got the Aston Martin DB5 and Michael Caine's playing the the car it it, it is Bond and, and I know that people are doing it as a riff and some people might say, yeah, but you want to do something new. Well, yeah, I, I get that. But do something new on what people love. Don't yeah. completely throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, yeah. Just be inventive with that. And I love Arnold for that. That's why I like his beats in, in World Is Not Enough. I know not everyone's a fan of them, but it, but mm. it's he's got the beats, but it's still got the brass in it. It's still Absolutely, got the bomb yeah. theme coming mm. on. It's, it's, it's just it's innovation. And you know that's that's what we want. Well, that's what I want. And I shouldn't speak for the people. Sorry. Don't <laughs> <laughs> do that, John. Sad again. Compare it to Fast and the Furious. I know it's got less and less about cars, but there are still cars in it. You know, it's not they've not yeah. completely abandoned that. It's all they? about family. It's about, family. <laughs> about family. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a Corona shake and not stir. <laughs> but yeah, that's if they. I suppose it depends on what are the keep saying the non-negotiables. Fast and Furious has to have the stunts, doesn't it? With the car, it couldn't, it wouldn't survive, would it, if it didn't have those? And Bond films, there's a lot more that you, that you were meant to have in them. So every before you even begun, you had to have so many elements. You had to have the glamorous locations, the women, the music, the villains, Bond on a mission. Trying to get a plot, same cue the gadgets, all this. So it is hard for sort of the auteurs to come in and sort of say, actually, I've got this idea for the film and I want to do that, go here with that. So I do sympathize where, in a world where we're meant to be trying to create more and more, actually, we're in a world where there's loads and loads of sequels, aren't there, at the moment? Mm-hmm. They're the main films that are drawing people in. So perhaps they will, after no time to die, go back to the more you know, box-ticking James Bond, but I don't know. Really 007 is part of the Pod Dojo Network. Just in terms of uh, something I was thinking, particularly when we're thinking about Thunderball, I I think it's a really unique film, and I know the underwater scenes for some people, you know, they drag on, etc., but I I think it makes it such a unique film because, you know, no other film has this amount of underwater scenes. It's it's pretty incredible, you know, I don't count something like Aquaman or uh, deep, you know Deep Blue Sea where they are at. I mean, I mean, 
uh, yeah, yeah. Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to have to have this like you know a James Bond film where where loads of it's underwater and and you know with the soundtrack being really crucial to mm-hmm. that. But I was I, I was I was thinking the Bond actors we like to see them. You know, it's. I think it's really nice to see a Bond underwater, a Bond actor underwater doing, you know, scuba. You oh know, yeah, at, at least once mm. in their tenure. Yeah, and we'll do an episode skiing. on Bond oh, underwater. Yeah, and you know, the skiing. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's always nice to see in a naval commander's um, mm-hmm. uniform as well. And I was thinking it'd be, it'd be nice to see Daniel Craig's Bond, you know, doing some scuba or you know something like that, and and also in the naval commander uniform. If I, you know, if I. Yeah, if it were me being in charge, I'd like I'd like to see those things just because they're they're very Bondian elements. I'm not saying yeah. you have them every every single film mm. by any means, but when you're Bond for a you know sustained period, it's it's nice to um, to have those things. But I think Thunderball as, as as a film is very much I think more a prime example of modern the Bond film rather than the adaptation of Ian Fleming. Than Goldfinger is like Goldfinger is seen as oh that's where it all started and for some people see it as like a slippery slope with gadgets yeah. and all yeah. that sort of stuff but I think Thunderball really obviously doubled down on that you know with the opening got a rocket pack you know yeah, you got yeah. the Aston Martin you get and then you get the underwater you get you go back to those those very exotic locations you know and and, and I just think that, that that for me it's massively underrated Thunderball. Oh, I think yeah. it's. I think I don't know if this is to do with you know a lot of people complain about the um, you know the pacing, isn't it? You know the fact oh, it does, it's a bit of a slump in in the middle. Whether that's to do with the fact that obviously he it, it was originally written with Kevin uh, McClory as a screenplay and then turned into a book and then put back into mm. you know a screenplay again. Whether that has sort of mixed things up a little bit. But I, I think it's it's I th- I, up to there. Connery is at his most oh. confident. He is, you know, his most comfortable in it. He completely owns it. He knows exactly what's expected of him, and he's, you can see he's, he's he's enjoying it. It has the music is top notch. The cinematography, you know, the fact that obviously got you know like Terence Young again to come back, and 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 you know, I just think it's it's so underrated, and it's such a shame because. It's probably actually more fitting with today's kind of taste than maybe You Only Live Twice, which is much more kind of outlandish, you know, with its spaceships and things like that. And I don't understand why Thunderball isn't kind of... I'm kind of expecting a a, a renaissance of of, um, love for for Thunderball because I think it's just... it's Yeah, I I think it's Connery's... Probably his best performance, or certainly his most enjoyable one. And the film itself is just, oh, it's just absolute class. Yes, Chris. Do you like the film, Chris? I do, I do. I think I, everything that Chris said is pretty much spot on. I think the only weakness of Thunderball, I think, really is Largo. I, I just don't think he carries a great threat. But apart from that, the set design, the actual film, I don't think he's got pacing issues at all. And I think, no. I know, I think the underwater fight seems, I think, like eight, eight or nine minutes. But nothing's ever been done on that level ever mm-hmm. before. And I guess now people can say like it went on a little bit and that, but at the time, and I, I don't find it find it dull. I just find it great. I love the whole. Oh, you know what? Make Big Ben strike eleven times at ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the show. Yeah. It, it feels Absolutely. it feels like a proper spy, and the, the actual plot and the actual story is probably one of the strongest strongest going. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? Doing plastic surgery to kind mm-hmm. of take down a plane and going to nick, yeah. nick the rockets and. I, I get it hasn't got the tongue in cheekness, apart from obviously him kind of 
passing us some like slippers when she wants to get out of the bath and <laughs> oh, yeah. down. Yeah, best scene, best scene in the movie. Yeah, the Connery, he knocks the um, he elbows the fire alarm when he's going down. Oh, the car, oh. <laughs> that's Only why Connery he could do it. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just, just so flipping. But I, I think, I, well, I, again, it's sort of it's also up to that part. I think it's, it's probably Bond at his most vulnerable. You know, you see him recovering from an injury. We've seen that in another film. You know, you see him. You know, <laughs> he also gets shot, doesn't he? He gets shot in the in in the uh, in the car. There's, there are moments yeah. of real peril where you think actually he's not going to be able to get out of that. You got a female kind of protagonist who's actually has something about her. You know, mm. it, 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 for me, it feels like actually, if I was you know, in charge of, if I was at Eon, I'd be looking at something like Goldfinger because that seems like a, a, a this count, you know, a real kind of, not a compromise, but a real balance of spy stories. That's, this is essentially, this is about a spy, so we need to have a bit of intrigue and, you know, espionage, but also action and a slightly kind of, not outlandish, but just pushing it in terms of it being, you know, something you've not seen before. You know, and I think that for me, of all of them, I would be using that as a as a as a blueprint yeah. for the next Bond film. And I I also think that having got the rights back to Spectre, I think this would have been a really good blueprint mm. in terms of. And I Griff, I I understand what you're saying about Largo. Um, I think other, if he didn't have the white hair and patch, you wouldn't really possibly remember him that much in terms of of of, of, of what he does. But I really like the idea. Spectre are the villains behind this, but you don't know much. You know, you get that group scene. Blofeld's mm. there, but you don't see. Agents. Yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> lovely. But the villain, the main villain, is number two. You know, it's not, it's not, um, yeah. it's not Blofeld. So I would have liked to have seen that in something like Spectre. And you know, I think mm. you get an element of that in Casino Royale, and you know, a little bit with Quantum of Solace that there's this organization in the background. But these are these aren't the main people in the organization. Yeah. But these are sort of key sort of people within it. And yeah, I think yeah. that with Spectre, they could have been more open about Spectre and had, you know, maybe Blofeld there, but, but you know, I don't know, but then had a number two as the main villain for it, you know, and, you know, it could have been someone like Monica Bellucci or it could have been, you know, a, a different actor or something mm. like that. One thing I do love about that Largo does and is is when the um, the guy gets executed, you know, electrocuted, and oh. he just nonchalantly just carries on sort of mm. writing and checks his pencil oh. and stuff. I think that's a, that's brilliant. That must have happened before, right? I don't know why one of them wouldn't stand up if you know they've been dodgy dealing. If you know you've done the dirty, I don't get why you just sit there waiting to die. <laughs> That's yeah, the first and a completely first well, surprise. And <laughs> I've said it before, I think, sorry to bore everyone, but I think this Thunderball is the most replicated. So like Austin Powers steals so much off Thunderball because I think it's what, Maybe not the most die-hard Bond fans, but casual Bond fans will think of when they think of Bond. Yeah, of Goldfinger as well, I think. But they'll think of from that the Aston Martin, the jetpack. I mean, we've named so many things. They'll think of yeah. the sharks, pool of sharks. Think yeah, of, yeah, number that two, scene, number two, that, number yeah, two, yeah, yeah, number two, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, it, it's all. Well, that, they, they, obviously with Will Ferrell, they yeah. did the yeah. scene, didn't they? The, the Spectre electrocuting oh. scene. Yeah, also, Femme Fatale, you get one of the best ever in the series, you know. Absolutely. Frère for Bissman. Well. of... Yeah, yeah. I was talking about... Yeah, Volpe. Know, Fiona yeah. Volpe, yeah. But, mm. but yeah, even, even the plot is obviously, you know, 
how let's do what we always do and steal two nuclear warheads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just, yeah. it's brilliant. It got quite excited then when you talk about that, man. If you had Inspector, as you could have had mm. Christoph Waltz lurking in the background as Blofeld, because he isn't in it much anyway, is he? He's only in it yeah. in the last half an hour. No. If you'd have had that, and then, yeah, Monica Bellucci or another villain who would have been disposed of by the end of this film. But because they had all the CCTV and data protection and all that stuff going on. Oh, yeah, I guess ugh. you could say that C is in some way, but no, he's not. Yeah, but he's not enough. He didn't work for them. Was he just being Yeah, no, he, he, says, he says in it, um, C, I, I assume he's one of yours. I don't know how he knows that he's called C, but isn't that yeah. on the docks? It was a nickname, but yeah. And then he says, he says, yeah, he's like me. He's a visionary or something like that. Or, mm. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, that's what he says. But yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, you know, all alone. Yeah. I, I, you know, who am I? But I, that's that's the sort of thing I, I would have done. And you know, I just think they got so fixated on the whole Bofe- uh, Blofeld thing, and then Brofeld, you know. Step <laughs> <laughs> yeah. brothers again. There's no consideration. There's no thought. They, they got hold of it. The, the rights were clear. It's like, how can we get this in? No, no moments pause to go. Actually, if it was again, if it was me, I'd be like, "How can I milk this? How can I set this up for yeah. the next one?" Yeah, we're yeah. Just gonna, we're going to peak too soon, and it's like, "Well, there's Blofeld. What we're going to do with him?" And it ends up with him being pretty pathetic, doesn't he? He's like yeah. sprained his ankle, and he's like, and then he's arrested. <laughs> and I just, I just think that there's, there's, it, it's, it's that lack of thought that I find really frustrating, and that you know that like saying, yeah. like, "Oh, well, let's just kind of shoehorn this in," and there's so much potential to do, and yeah. I think, yeah. If it was me, I'd definitely be looking at yeah, looking at Thunderball, a film like Thunderball is a blueprint. Mm. They never mention it though, do they? The people never say oh, it's one. It's one of the go-to bonds. They'd sort of just about managed to persuade Sam Mendes back, just about managed to persuade Daniel Craig back. So how can they possibly create a thread for the next three or four films and not because there's the pace that they're coming at as well. Mm. It would it would have perhaps been worth starting Spectre with a with a new Bond, wouldn't it? Yeah, and just continuing yeah. with Quantum. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you can do a good job of actually. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, yeah Quantum's done really right. well. I, yeah. yeah. There you go. Positive. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, coming back to the, the music of the, of the film Thunderball, because I said Thunderball, the song, was sort of written last minute almost. Leslie Brickus didn't even do the lyrics. He got Don Black in. I think this is the first one he, he produced the lyrics for, but he went on to do, I think he did five in the end, and it, he did the, the World Is Not Enough lyrics. So what an incredible run mm. from mm. 1965 to 1999. Still going strong as well. Still, still, still here with us. Good lad. I think he won. He won an award, a Legends Award, didn't he? The, was it the Olivia's or some um, some award ceremony? I saw with Andrew Lloyd Webber last year. So he's still there, yeah. And of course, this one. This is the one. Tom Jones. Again, I, how famous is this song to, outside Bond? I don't know. Does it? Is it played on the radio very often? No, it's certainly not given like the airplay that say Goldfinger is. No, and for me. I- and for me, I think it's a much better song than Goldfinger. I really, yeah. Do. yeah I think it's, a, I think it's a better version of the same song. To be honest, I think like <laughs> it, it's, it's Coffee, got that. That's what we want, yeah. it, it's got that power, power ballad. It's got that brass about it. But I think it's, it's a better song. 
and I think the final note that he holds <laughs> is it some, yeah. is it like is it something silly like thirty seconds or something? Hold, <laughs> I think it, I think is it's it long. really. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty seconds, TJ holds it for, and you just think to yourself, like, really? it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Really? Who'd have thought? That, who'd have thought that? You know, sixty plus sixty years later, he'd be there as um, as a judge on The Voice. <laughs> <laughs> I want you on my team. <laughs> I thought you'd say, who'd have thought six years later? Sam Smith was holding on that note, you know, the writing's on the world. <laughs> <laughs> Rhymes with Thunderbolts, huh? Do you think if 50 year time, years later we're going to see Sam Smith on the uh, the new version of The Voice? Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> was it Thunderbolt where Johnny Cash? Yes. Suggest or oh. forward something? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. Wow. Put it forward, think, was that ever heard? It's been released, the Johnny Cash version. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they think they said it actually laid out the plot too, too much. Oh, oh right. And <laughs> <laughs> it gives away the ending. <laughs> yeah. the ending. It's, 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 too much. Um, it's very country and western. It's okay oh, if um, you Tim expect. Eastwood responds. <laughs> it was considered was it? It's one of these, you know, well, yeah. ridiculous stuff. But again, it's not, it's he's written it, hasn't it? It's not, it's not a John Barry song. So, yeah. It's nice of him to think of it. And he's, it's always great to hear people want to do a Bond song. I really like mm, that. Yeah. And he's obviously a very talented mm. legend, isn't he? So he, was, he did release it just on one of his albums. Is that right? Yeah, one yeah. of his albums. I think I think it was definitely Red Light. It was rejected because it was quite close. It says, I did write all the lyrics down. It's been really sad. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. The way, the, way I, the way I read it is like, I think he thought Thunderball was the plane that goes down. Like the power of her engines now is drowned at sea. But the deadly force from within her is somewhere running free, which is obviously the, the rockets being like stolen. I think it's in the cinema. I'm not gonna put two two together and be like, oh, I know the whole plot. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. They just, no, just sung. They just sung me the whole plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> to be honest, Griff, so far I'm absolutely hooked on this. I mean, this is yeah, like these good lyrics. It's, yeah. like, it's like Ring of Fire territory, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it's got that kind of um, beat to it. Um, somewhere somewhere there is a man who can stop the thing in time. He's known by very fear, but he's feared by all in crime. It's very all about Bond, and um, but they didn't reject it because of how it sounds. I think I read that they rejected because it pretty much laid out the plot to. Mm. <laughs> Not because it's a country western. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I mean without, without going on an absolute downer, because I have kept very quiet whilst you've all been waxing lyrical about Thunderball. But if I had, but but if I had one criticism of the film, and listen, it's got many many positives. Great performance, wonderful set, lo- wonderful locations, great soundtrack. Fiona Volpe is probably the best Benfetal in the in the whole of the uh, of the series. But if there was one issue I had with it, was that it would be that your Bond is catching up with you as the audience all the way through. You see what is happening. You know that the bonds have been taken. You, that's told to you in the first 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> you know that it's based in Miami. And the rest of the film is, is, is based in the Bahamas and going to aim for Miami. Um, the rest of the film is Bond catching up to find what you already know. So when I find it quite, I find it quite bizarre that the criticism of that song is it tells too much of the plot. When the film tells you the whole plot in the first ten <laughs> minutes alone, you know, it's like, come on, 
But anyway, that's enough for Thunderball. See, bizarre. Because I, I do genuinely love the film. It's a great film. But that would be my one criticism mm. of it. Yeah. To be fair, as a kid, I thought the song was about Thunderball. I thought Thunderball was the babby. <laughs> Yeah, I, thought, I was going to say the yeah, strike like was Thunderbolt. I thought it was all about Largo. I thought. Yeah, and I thought it's, it's called Largo Thunderball or something like that. Like Goldfinger. I just assumed that yeah. Largo's surname In was fact, Thunderball. Fact, <laughs> the song was about him. I think I, I asked you, Tom. I said, Who, Who's this song? You know, is this. Is this song? Who's this song about? Is it about you know Largo? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, it, no, it's about Bond. Like, it's about Bond, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine it? Oh, Lago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lago means slow, of course. Da, 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 da. In, uh, yeah. He's the man. Yeah. On the internet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Oh. Then you could say, oh, do you think Thunderball's about the rocket? So then it's like Moonraker, isn't it? Yeah. Moonraker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a ballad yes. about a rocket. Two of them in the yeah. bombs. Yes. Oh, oh, dear. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, Don Black wrote the lyrics to Thunderball, the, the, the actual title song. And this is what um, this is what the, fa- the famous story is, isn't it? When they're recording it, Tom Jones fainted, didn't he, for that yeah. final thirty-second note? And this is what he said: He said, "I closed my eyes and I held the note for so long. When I opened my eyes, the room was spinning." <laughs> you can almost hear the point. Yeah, where yeah, it ends, doesn't it? It doesn't end naturally. Oh. But I'm so glad we kept that that table. Yeah. Oh, and then the way the, you know, it continues to the the orchestra continues to take it to such an yeah. epic ending. Oh, it's unbelievable, fabulous. And of course, to say again, it was spoofed magnificently by Spy Hard. Yeah. Weird oh, yeah, head yeah. explodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the underwater, the women. No one cries. Yeah. And the last, this is the theme from Spy Hard. <laughs> yeah. Incredible long note. And then instead of him, fate, his head explodes. It's absolutely brilliant. That's a great film. Us watching that as kids, just oh, crying, yeah. laughing the whole way through. I mean, the song, the song's actually, the song, what's it called? Well, it's just called Spy Hard. Yeah. yeah. It's actually more like Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely brilliant, yeah. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, is that the phrase? Yeah. Uh, but this is what John Barry said initially. He said, no one would know what the word Thunderball meant. So a bit like Moonraker, Octopussy as well, you know. Shouldn't say that. So we can't use that. So he, he actually thought, we don't want a song called Thunderball in because it would make the worst uh, song title of all time. That's what he said. <laughs> And then he wrote a song called Thunderball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, and another legendary story is Don Black looked it up in the dictionary and it wasn't there. So that's it. All right, well, so he strikes like Thunderball. It's <laughs> class. But it works, doesn't it? It, it works, it's class. Yeah. But presumably, Chris, you know, in the novel, like, is the word, how often is it used and... I think isn't it only it's only I think it's only used once I think or a yeah, couple yeah. of times it's to do with the nuclear actual to do with the nuclear weapons isn't it that, that yeah the thunderballs the explode the explosions yeah. I think I think it was but um, yeah I, I think the yeah. cover version that Martin Fry won from um, yeah I think that's really good as well I think I think Martin Fry from 
able to. The shaky not stir. Yeah, yeah, it can really hold that note. Pretty decent cover. I don't know if there are any other versions. I've mentioned this compilation before. It's the most unknown compilation ever. 2017. It was an official tribute album, but I, I've no, I, I think I've only found it on, online. One of the worst names ever. Songs, Bond songs. Oh, yeah. Music <laughs> 007, yeah. We, we, we had one for the... Um, I think we used it for the License to Kill version. Um, we've, there's one for World Is Not Enough by... <laughs> The singer from Fountains of Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Jarrett Reddick from the band Bowling for Soup. Brilliant. Are they, John, are they your era? Yeah, I mean, I only know that song that... Oh, wait. Was it Bowling Bigger for Soup? Bigger in America than England, side. Was it yeah. Bowling for Soup or Puddle of Mud who wrote that? song that had like a record number of F words in it. <laughs> no, yeah, that it wasn't this, these guys, I think. Yeah. Oh, pardon my, that's Super Fairy Animals, wasn't it? Oh, right, <laughs> uh, Well, it, 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 they're all the same, aren't they? They're all these, they're all these... <laughs> Mod- yeah. Mod- 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 yeah. It's not, it's not classic John Barry, is it really? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he gave it his blessing. No. So yeah, there's been, there's been the odd cover, but again, like we said, it's not, it's not, see, it doesn't seem to be in that pantheon of the most famous ones. No. I think when it's on, if you're watching the film, I think most people would, oh yeah, I know this one. He he actually performed it for um, Sean Connery when Sean Connery got uh, is it the American Film Institute Lifetime Achievement Award in 2006. So there wow. is a version of Tom Jones singing it. I mean, oh, his voice is, again, mm. it's just a joke, isn't it? His voice is incredible. Mm. Mm. Um, I love doing impressions of Tom Jones around the house all day, every day. It's, it's one of the nicest voices to yeah. sing. It's so exaggerated and over the top. It's very The Trip as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. He's just, no, he's, he's a really, really funny guy, isn't he? And, uh, <laughs> he had to do a Bond song, didn't he? He's, he's British, he's got an epic voice. And he was popular at the time, so yeah. I'm glad he did. Oh, yeah. I sometimes forget myself that he's done one. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, this, really guy, this, this guy who's, you know, still famous now. And yeah. yeah, you know, compared to other people who I think of, you know, who are like synonymous with Bond and having done Bond songs, I don't always think of, of Tom Jones. Very underrated. It's a bit like Madonna, because obviously... <laughs> well, yeah. Obviously she's done... Yeah, yeah, a bit, of songs yeah. you don't really associate. Not because of the song itself, John. We're not saying we don't like the song. <laughs> Thunderball and Dine of the Day don't necessarily <laughs> sit hand in. Yeah. Do, do you like that one, Griff? Dine of the Day? Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> but the song, the like, song you mean. I the Bond songs. Yeah. I do skip on Dine of the Day and I do skip on um, whatever that quite of a solace rubbish. <laughs> oh, uh, another way to die. <laughs> I I, I, I I can't I can't listen to that. Brilliant. I mean, it's interesting you say that about uh, Tom Jones, Matt, because like when I got into pop music, it was the same time that I got into Bond. So it was like that same era. 
I remember, this is so, so sad, but I remember that the first ever contemporary music CD I bought was Now That's What I Call Music 45. And the next one I got was Now That's What I Call Music 46. And Tom Jones was on both of them. There was, uh, <laughs> on 45, it was uh, Mama Told Me Not To Come with a stereophonic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then... Uh, Sex bomb, I guess. Then, Sex bomb. <laughs> Oh, and, and number forty-six oh. was sex bomb. And when I got into Bond, and I didn't know either, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe that sex bomb guy is singing a <laughs> yeah. Bond song like right, that's, that's classic Tom Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a dance yeah. artist. Yeah. yeah. Well, he did that. Stone it's so love offensive, isn't it? Oh. That's the sex bomb oh. guy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Another extremely sad bit of trivia that I've, I've found about Tom Jones. He parodied the song, it was a different song, for an animated uh, cartoon, a Warner Brothers cartoon in the 2000s, starring Daffy Duck, called <laughs> Duck Dodgers. And he did the theme to this, yeah? And it was like a Bond spoof song. So I'm hoping everybody is frantically looking this up. And. <laughs> That's okay. That sounds like the, the most uncool thing you've ever heard of, but it was a collaboration with one of the coolest in inverted commas bands ever, the Flaming Lips. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what? What's that doing in history? What is going on in this world? <laughs> Who put these people together for an animated? <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, you can hear it. It's only about a minute long. What a guy. Yeah, what a legend. What a legend. If you're enjoying Really 007, why not follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? Look us up at Really 007 Pod. We will move on now to the third song we're going to talk about tonight, which is one, I think, well, it's from a game, first of all. And mm-hmm. with Sam Rogers, we talked about a couple of the songs from the games, Everything or Nothing and Nightfire. But tonight, a really forgotten Bond game. And I feel bad that. I certainly didn't give it any... I don't know if I've ever played it. I don't think I have. And it's an original Bond adventure game mm. from 2010. So it's, yeah. Okay, so it is over a decade old, but it's relatively one of the newer games because obviously they're not getting made much now, are they? But Bloodstone is the game. Two words. Normally you'd think for Bond, they combine them like Thunderball, don't you? But anyway. Mm. Yeah. And it was on Nintendo DS, Windows, PlayStation 3, an Xbox 360. It was the first game since Everything or Nothing, which you talked about, to have an original story. And again, it was written by Bruce Fierstein, who started oh. with writing the GoldenEye film, of course. And he was he, he did co-write or provide story credits for Tomorrow Never Dies and World Is Not Enough as well. So mm-hmm. this guy was the, the main Bond writer of the, the 90s and the 2000s. So it was uh, it's superb, yeah. And it was the first and only, I think, standalone Daniel Craig mm-hmm. Bond game. It's, it's good, isn't it, for his legacy? Effectively, he's done six. You know, a bit like the... It's, well, no, uh, Sam Rogers was saying to us, it was quite growing up with Brosnan, particularly the games. You had 2002 Dying of the Day, but because Everything or Nothing was 2004, it almost felt that was the continuation of, mm. you know, the in-between, mm. the Brosnan and Craig years, and that really helped mm. And I think going forward, it's another thing they could they could bring back. 
yeah, I feel bad and really annoyed with myself about this that I just wasn't that interested. Maybe it was because, you know, truth being told, I, I, you know, I did have, and still a few, but less, um, you know, kind of problems with the with the era. And maybe, I don't know, but I still can't can't believe it. we no, didn't get it. And I really think, I think we should get it. Tom, you've still, you've got a PlayStation 3. I'd love to. Uh, yeah, I should get it. I'd, I'd love to play it. Um, and I really, yeah, I, I love the idea of doing um, game versions of, of the films, you know, so like GoldenEye, Tomorrow Dies, World is Not Enough, etc. But then to do stand up, you know, separate adventure games, which is like a new story and with a song and everything. I really like that. I really like the ambition of that, to be honest mm. with you. Um, and I'm so frustrated that that we we never got it and never played it. And like you say, it keeps it keeps Bond in the fore of yes. popular culture. That it's still it doesn't just disappear off the map for yep. five years and then suddenly there's a new Bond film. You know, I think it keeps it. Yeah, and amongst you know. the demographic that you know, mm-hmm. even nowadays, I, I, people I assume you know kids seem to play um, games. You know, what's that one uh, that they're always obsessed with? Um, Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah. So they, they are still playing them. And I think that would be a really good, because I'd never want Bond to be the cinematic universe or anything like that. But a game is a really good way to um, to, to reach that audience. Yeah, and look what GoldenEye on N64 oh. did for, 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 for Bond, as well as gaming as well. That was, yeah. you know. There's one scheduled for, ne- is it next yeah. year? I think yeah. So, yeah. What do we know about it? Is it original? Isn't it? Is it original? Yeah, it's it's original. not a No Time to Die. It's an original. No. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Is it? No, Daniel? it's an original. It's an original. It's I don't know decent, if you said if you stand your friend. Yeah, decent sort of uh, company who are making it by all accounts. You know, a, a reputable games hmm. software company. So, yeah. But again, I don't. We don't know whether it'll be who will be bonding it. I don't even know whether they've got to that stage or anything yet. But it, so, it is anything in the pipeline is always exciting yeah. for me. Have, have any of you guys played Bloodstone then? I don't think they heavily advertised it. No, which is no. probably the reason why I, did, I didn't know it existed, if I'm honest. No. Um, and I'm quite an avid gamer, lover of Bond and obviously Goldeneye. I don't think it was heavily advertised or promoted. No, it wasn't, no. I'm sure it was. Is it after Quantum of Solace then? Yeah. 2010, yeah. so in between yeah. that and Skyfall, yeah. Shamefully never played it even. I don't know why, because I absolutely love everything and nothing and all the rest of it. And and actually, what a great title for a Bond film as well. Let's you know, see, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think it's I think it's great. It's, it's original. I, I can't see why I wouldn't have played it. Um, and I looked online today, and a lot of people praised it and said it was a really good game. I think I think it was certainly rated a lot lot better than um, what was it, 007 Legends, a couple of years later. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because we got the From Rush We Love game, and I thought, oh my word, this this is the start of something amazing. I know Matthew said it'd be, it's great to have new games. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying at the expense. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love no. it all, but it's just... But I was so imagining it's... then, yeah. oh, right, we're going to have a... Well, I don't know why they didn't start with Doctor No, but anyway. Yeah. But if we had a game for each of the films oh. leading up to Goldeneye, you know, and, oh, it'd be absolutely oh, amazing, God. wouldn't it? It's got to be done. <laughs> surely, surely. Well, with the greatest respect, a man with a golden gun computer game would be pretty boring considering <laughs> what, 
he kills he kills one person in the whole film. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. So, laughs> so I all the martial art moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Art yeah. You could inexplicably, yeah. inexplicably yeah. enter some martial arts tournament. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Drive through Bangkok with Sherry JW. Actually, that sounds pretty good. To yeah, be fair. that sounds. Yeah. Awesome. You like the yeah. Die Hard with a Vengeance uh, game, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, even though they had no promotion. So it had Daniel Craig's voice, Judy Dench as M, Rory Kinnear as Bill Tanner, and yeah, yeah. the poster boy for No Time to Die, of course. Oh, <laughs> but the song, anyway, the song was by Joss Stone and not called Bloodstone, called I'll Take It All. And I, th- I think it was it was written for the for the game, you know. So there's obviously yeah, a lot of a lot of money's going to the game. And Josh Stone was also in the film, so a bit like Maya, so in the game, a bit like Maya in Everything or Nothing, playing MI6 agent Nicole Hunter. Basic name, not very Bond name. Stone co-wrote the song with, you know, this is incredible. Another massive m- name of music. Fountains of Wayne. No, no, no. <laughs> it's like so, someone I don't know who in their in their old band could have done a Bond song, but now they're writing a Bond. Dave Stewart from Eurythmics. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's wow. that girl, of course, sounds like a... Well, yeah, sounds yeah. Sounds a bit like a Bond. They're very... They could have done a Bond song. I mean... Yeah. Annie Lennox is very underrated. I, I think, uh, speak, yeah, she'd have made a great Bond, Bond singer. Mm. And co-starring in a video game. Who's this beautiful blonde man with a lovely singing voice? <laughs> yeah. It's Annie Lennox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was the police. Yeah. Or as they're now known, Sting. <laughs> Sad. Isn't it? Yeah, Griff, I, I, you, like me, I'd not really heard about this, the, the song. Maybe heard of the game, but not played it, but... Didn't even know there was a song for it. No, first when you put it on the list of what we're chatting about, like never heard of it. it wasn't anywhere on Spotify. Uh, <laughs> had no? to go to YouTube. There was no hype, and I think I would have thought it would hit the charts at the same time as the game came out. It, it seemed to completely fall under the radar. Just Stone's quite a big name as well. Yeah, um, mm. wasn't on the radio or anything. Not, not that I know of. As far as I know, it's the first time I've ever heard it. When I just Stone on paper is a classic. At the time, she would be quite an obvious choice, wouldn't she, for Bond's song? Mm. But by by twenty ten, by twenty ten, was she still a big name, or was she a um, bit less of a name? Because I, I think more mid mid sort of you know two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah, yeah, so. maybe, maybe. Ba- Band Aid twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a you know British soul, yeah, yeah. big woman, big in America. It sounds like. I, I, when Here I, we go. I listened to it a couple of. <laughs> no, no, this is what we want to talk about the song itself. <laughs> and the first time I heard it, I was like, "What is this?" My initial oh, really? Was this sounds like you know those Britain's Got Talent? You haven't got the rights to you know. Obviously, she's got a good voice. You haven't got rights to like an official Bond song. So this is the yeah. one that someone writes in half an hour. Yeah, and yeah, the the production I don't think is particularly great. It has all this sort of horrible cliches that you think when it comes to to to, to Bond song. I, I, I really struggled to get through the first listen. I've been, I've, you know, I've gone back and listened to it a few more times, and I think actually oh. it was a bit harsh. It's not as bad as I thought it was, um, but it's not. It's not great. The lyrics are very 
again. Well, I suppose that the perfect Daniel Craig. I don't care if I live or, or if I die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think. Well, I, I'm going to defend it to a extent, but personally, I will. I will agree, Chris, that the lyrics are just Daniel Craig. It's moody bombed, isn't it? You know, there is mm-hmm. definitely that about it. I think for a video game, it's really, really effective. Um, yes, I would, I would agree. Yeah, when I put it in the context of it's written for a video yeah, game, I think actually yeah. I was being a bit hard. Not a John yeah. Barry song. <laughs> no, and, 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 and going back to our conversation that we had before, I know you said you'd hate the production, but I actually thought, ah, but it's got Bond brass about it. It's got a Bond feel about it in the production, even if it's not executed that well. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually came out thinking, barring Skyfall, <laughs> that's possibly the most Bondian feel to a song in the Daniel Craig era. Mm-hmm. Not the best, obviously. Obviously, uh, you know, my name's the best song, but I'd say what you yeah. think of standard Bondian feel, barring Skyfall, I'd say that that's the next, the next of the Daniel Craig era. On paper, Josh Stone should be a really good choice. Her voice is completely drowned out in that song. She's not... I like. But I think of Josh Stone, I think her best vocal is probably right to be wrong. But that's a really laid-back soul tune stripped back with just a bit of blues guitar going on. This, you have the full band, or, all right, you probably had someone in Logic pressing a keyboard and making a band <laughs> song. But, but, but it, yeah, yeah. But it's still the same point, is, is that... You, you put a big band in there and I thought I actually thought her voice didn't carry throughout the song at all. I thought I was I was quite disappointed by the vocal on it. But I think for what it is, it's a really serviceable song for it and, and, and it's original. And I think well at least someone's put the effort in to do it. And yeah, it's all right. I I'd give it a pass. I'd actually listen to it again, me. I'd give it a pass. Do you like the song, Griff? <laughs> I don't like the song. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. I, I must admit, I, you know what? I find the song quite forgettable. I, yeah. I've had to listen to this the most. Uh, even before like we came on here, I thought I'd better listen to it again. <laughs> I wrote it down. I, I just had the same note about Craig, like, I don't care if I live or die. I don't <laughs> mind. It just sounds like he's fed up about his job. And it, it's, it's, it's very repetitive. It's not very... Uh, don't get me wrong, I want to like it. And I get like you're arguing about it's, it's made for a video game, but um, if you ever played Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater, that's how you do a Bond song for a video game, even though it's not a, <laughs> a Bond film. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to say I'd like it, but I don't find any of it really catchy. And um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no. Uh, go on, do, yeah. do you want my thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, firstly, I was never a massive Just Stone fan and... I know what you're saying about her possibly being, oh, yeah, ideal, but I never saw her as someone who had a really big, powerful voice that would, you know, you know, not like a Shirley Bassey or even Adele or someone like that. She had her own sort of style and, you know, she won Best Urban Artist despite living in a rural country mansion <laughs> all her life. Leafy suburbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Devon. Um, yeah. But... Um, I, I don't mind I don't mind this song. I, I, I think it's... I think it. One of the problems. One of the problems it has is I don't think a Bond um, song. I'm trying to think of others if any of them do this. Starts with the chorus. 
Mm. Um, which so you know you get a bit bored you know but griff you said it was repetitive i think that might be why (gasps) you think that it sounds um a bit repetitive um but i i i don't mind it and like you say considering it's for um for a uh, a video game it's i don't know i i think it's i think it's not all i don't think it's 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 that bad and yeah i'd i'd probably i mean the chances of it coming on the radio or uh, me hearing it in any other context other than finding it on youtube are very very small but um well they're, they're not just um but yeah I, I don't mind it i'm i'm a, i'm absolutely okay with it uh, uh, yeah do you think it's going to be shortlisted for uh, songs Bond songs too? <laughs> <laughs> that, it was like the, the version of that that I found of uh, Thunderball. You know, like it's an official album, like seven hundred thirty-seven views or something on YouTube. You know, what? Oh. It's just completely oh. under the radar. But for, for this, for, I'll I'll take it all. Did you see the? title version of it wait sorry just on the views on youtube oh god tom so our, our like interview you know our little interview yeah, yeah. i've got more <laughs> i mean more never mind never mind with anthony Starr. our discussion with madeline grant yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah give the people what they want absolutely yeah. first rule of mass media oh. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the did you what has anyone seen the title sequence? You know how they do it, they did it with everything or nothing with no. this song on, but you know it's only like of course a short and maybe a minute version of it. The title sequence, did you see it, Griff? Yeah, with the diamond and the I, yeah. I think it works better. I think it works better yeah. visually because obviously I, I'm like got it on repeat like while I'm working like behind the window. But I think actually when you actually watch the video, it works better. It doesn't make it good still, but it's better. <laughs> But did you did you not think it looked like a, a cheap version of the Casino Royale title sequence? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I hope it has got something to do with diamonds because it's very heavily. Yeah, yeah. Diamonds all over the place. Stone. That's um, very very babyish. A Bond plot to do with diamonds. <laughs> it's also very babyish to get Joss Stone to do the song for Blood. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> think about that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Bloodstone, uh, that's thinking. Yeah. Oh, jo- Josh. <laughs> yeah, the joke, wasn't it? They'll be, getting royal, they'll be getting royal blood to do uh, the one for Bloodstone yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, yeah it would have been up for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> going forward, lads, in terms of a Bond game, would you? Oh, how exciting would that be just to oh. see one? Would you do a song with it as well? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I that's what I love. And, you know, this is what... this is. This is, you know, I've said this before, one of the things about James Bond films, the series that they have over loads of other series is that you have this title song that goes with it that's released a few weeks before or <clears throat> obviously in the case of No Time to Die, you know, a few years before. But <laughs> but I think it's, you know, it's it's something that it needs to, you know, even with a, even with a video game to have a song and to have that title sequence, even if it's, you know, shorter or whatever. Yeah, go for it. Lean into the, all that. Um, give give people give a give you know I said that target demographic of the younger you know kids give them a flavour of what's Bond even if it's catered to them a bit more absolutely yeah do it like a Die Hard you know a Die Hard a Die Hard trilogy yeah but like just have like all the Bond films there's a mission in each in each film that you got it's obviously fundable but easy underwater battle yeah like, yeah oh. well 
they did do they did do 007 Legends, which was a bit like that. But I must confess, I didn't play it. John and Tom played a bit of that, didn't you? Well, couldn't get past the first Goldfinger level. I've, I've not been able to get that. <laughs> but it's Daniel Craig as a Bond in Goldfinger, and then Honor Majesties, and then which is it? Moon? Oh yeah, Moonraker. Because of course, Kerry Edwards, one of our guests, he he's in it. He's in the games as one of the Moonraker scientists. <laughs> and then the License to Kill. Incredibly, well, I'm obsessed with that. And Dine of the Day was the, the Pierce Brosnan <laughs> one chosen. Invisible Carl, was it? Well, well, probably because he's done all the other games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Skyfall yeah. sort of tacked on at the end when they could have just done a Skyfall game, couldn't they, really? But... Not Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. Merging the two, yeah. There'd already been a Dark Knight, though, game, game aren't there, though? So. <laughs> oh. Oh. There's sorry. a Batman Begins one, there wasn't a Dark Knight one, but sorry, that's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I apologize. There's an Arkham Asylum game. <laughs> yeah, 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 there is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why wasn't there a Dark sorry. Knight game? What? I don't know. I, I think they were a... thinking about it, but they. The Lord of the Rings, the sort of one, and they didn't really build on it, really. I mean, I apologize. I'll give myself an SGBW. Stop getting Batman wrong. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Sorry, I'm, I'm no, no. <laughs> right, guys. Well, thank you for for joining us tonight. It's been another brilliant, uh, just great to chat Bond. And we haven't, really, like you said, we haven't really chatted about Thunderball much. Mm. Just so refreshing to be in that world of James Bond and thinking about the sixties with John Barry and Sean Connery, and oh, just gets you excited, doesn't it? Mm. Just that's that's what we grew up on, and. That's when you sort of really wanted to be Bond when you're playing, you know, with with your brothers and everything. Oh, it's just just the best times. So I'm I'm glad we've been able to have a chance to talk about that. And the music is just fantastic for those for that film, and uh, and Bloodstone. So uh, yeah. <laughs> so thank you guys, and uh, great to have you on, Griff. Finally, yeah. I know we've been trying to do this. Yeah, definitely. Time, great to have you Cheers, on here, mate. Oh, thanks for having me. Like I say. Don't meet your heroes, so yeah, it's all cool. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> looking, been looking forward to this for ages, so um, yeah. So. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, thank, thank you very much for having me. Great thank time. you so much. No, thanks mm-hmm. for coming on, pal. Well, we'll see you soon, definitely. So, thank you, Griff. Yeah. Thank you, everybody else. And uh, yeah, we'll have more James Bond songbook episodes until we literally have milked the uh, the songbook dry. I think there's, there's plenty more to come, there certainly is. And uh, yeah, we'll have more episodes soon. So, thanks for. Thanks for joining us tonight, and we will see you very soon. Good night. See you later. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.